Hey there, Golf Trip Junkies. The Golf Trip Authority is here bringing the experience of the Buddy Golf Trip to life with the mission to entertain, inform, and inspire you with critical information for planning your next Buddy Golf Trip. I will get the 411 from industry experts with knowledge about the greatest golf resorts, courses, products, and services that make your golf trips truly memorable. Tune in weekly to get the latest golf trip goodness delivered straight to your earbuds. I'm your host, John Morse. Let's tee this up. In the Friars Club, they take trips to great golf destinations with others who share a passion for golf and travel. They believe golf is mostly about with whom you play. With 550 members from 40 states and 11 countries, their members' ages range from 17 to 85, and they have scratch and not-so-scratch abilities and are comprised of members from private clubs and members who play at public courses. They all share one common thing, which happens to be the club's only rule. Well, I'm your host, John Morse, along with our show caddy, Brian. We're here with our friend and guest, Mr. Don Bostic, who is the executive director of the Friars Club, who will share that one thing and other golf trip goodness when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Traveling to your next golf destination just got a whole lot easier with Shipsticks. Shipsticks has made getting your golf clubs to and from your golf destination easier than it's ever been, allowing you and your buddies to enjoy a hassle-free travel experience to anywhere in the world. TripCaddy is partnered with ShipSticks so you can get on your buddy golf trip and travel hassle-free. ShipSticks is the most convenient and affordable door-to-door shipping service for your golf clubs and luggage. To receive 10% off, visit ShipSticks.com forward slash TripCaddy. That's ShipSticks.com forward slash TripCaddy. Hey Don, thanks for being on the show today. Say hello to the golf trip junkies and tell us something interesting or funny that may have happened to your group in the past. Sure thing. Thanks for having me on, fellas. My name is Don Bostic. I'm the executive director of the Friars Golf Club. You know, it's a great question, good way to break the ice for certain. I think I've got a story that is interesting and just kind of portrays something unique and, you know, something that happened on a Friars trip that you can't recreate. Yes. This was, I guess, three years ago. Um, we had a group taking kind of like the ultimate Irish golf trip. They did Old Head, Lahinch, Valley Bunyan in the south and then ended up in the Belfast area with Royal County Down and Valley Lifting and Fort Rush. It was like a 10-day trip, you know, 16 guys. And they end up at the Sleeve Donard in Northern Ireland. And it's toward the end of the trip. It's a Saturday night. They're playing Royal. They're playing 36 holes at Royal County Down the next day and uh, check into the hotel. And there's signs all over the hotel that Van Morrison is playing his 70th birthday party that night. And, you know, they had no, no idea. I- so we go to the front desk and say, who knows what this is going to cost, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's about our member experience and, you know, say, you know, how can we get in? Can you get a 16 ticket? And, you know, it doesn't matter the cost. And the girl behind the desk is flustered. And this is, it's a private event. It's for his friends and family. And she just says, you know, there's no way. There's only 150 tickets for this event and I can't get you in. So we're kind of hanging our heads and say, well, you know, we, we tried. But we've got some pretty high-powered members that don't take no for an answer and certainly know how to handle themselves in certain oh, situations. No. Uh, but we've got a guy uh, who's a he's a longtime DC lobbyist. He's got a nickname in our club, the Chief Argonaut, Paul Cavanoki, and he goes downstairs and grabs a beer at the lobby bar and just kind of makes his way into the room. And he calls and says, "Guys, just one by one, like come down, get a beer at the lobby bar." 
just come in one by one, act like you own the place. There's nobody checking tickets. <laughs> just stand in the back. So it ended up we had, I think, about 12 of us got in and we experienced a private Van Morrison concert on their 70th birthday before playing Royal County Down the next day, the number one golf course in the world. No way. That was pretty special. It didn't cost us anything. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Yeah, how fun. Oh my gosh, that reminds me of some college things we used to do like that, crashing weddings, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to disclose too much more than that. Wow, good stuff. So your society, your golf society's all about fun. You're about the experiences, and it's about getting people together. I loved how you kind of characterize your group about what you allow and what you don't allow. You kind of have a fun tagline. Tell everybody what that tagline is, Don. Uh, sure. So basically what we've tried to create is you know, a golf society that really the, our only common denominator is our passion for great golf. We want everybody to be welcome, you know, gay, straight, Republican, Democrat, black, white, doesn't matter as long as you like golf and there's only one rule and there's no assholes allowed. So yes, <laughs> we want the group to be kind of eclectic and frankly weird, like that's okay. And obviously there's going to be cliques and there's going to be guys that are good friends that are on trips and there might be members that amazing private clubs but they've got to be able to get along and have a great time with the guy that's you know the blue collar guy from alabama that's on the trip that you know might this might be his one trip that he gets to take a year but we're all the same and you know the, the asshole thing is uh i mean obviously it's a little brash sure but it's cool it's, it's a good selling tool and it's real you know it's, it's our culture and it's with one rule it kind of makes it easy to enforce and quite frankly you know, you don't really want to have to enforce it. Obviously, it becomes kind of self-policing. It's our ethos. So it's obviously kind of tongue-in-cheek, but the background of it is very serious. And it's, you know, what we're doing is people are committing their time and money to go on a trip. And it's not a typical buddies trip where everybody knows each other. Many of the people on the trip could be first-timers or they're coming there as a single. They don't know anybody else there. So if someone shows up and is a braggart or a club thrower or just in general is just doesn't get along with other folks, he or she could ruin the, you know, the whole vibe of the trip and, and ruin the experience for other members. That's yeah. just what we can't allow. So we, so we try to just keep things light and fun is really what it's all about. The golf is what's most important, but camaraderie is really you know, what we try to celebrate. Yeah, I love that. And talk about an icebreaker. I mean, no a-holes allowed, right? I love how you said that because it really does show the true authenticity of your group and the people hanging out and the experience they can expect as they come in. Because, you know, nobody likes to play with the club thrower. So, Don, tell us a little bit about the history. How would your golf society get started? You know, golf societies, are, they're very popular in the UK. They've been around for a long time. Here in the States, still a niche market, but it's growing. And to my knowledge, we're one of the first major golf societies in the United States. We were founded in 1994. So, you know, last year was our 25th anniversary. Uh, 2020, our 26th year has been, you know, impacted in a pretty odd way, obviously, you know, these last few months. But it was founded by Tom Dwyer, uh, who was a lawyer out of uh, Erie, Pennsylvania area. And he and his brothers were very well connected in the business world and through their law practice. And it was more of a, like a professional society. He connected with people that he did business with and he grew it and he did everything himself, you know, and he might've just done four trips a year or two trips a year, whatever he had time for, but he created the branding and set the groundwork for running these golf trips. And I think he grew it to maybe 200 to 250 members, you know, during his time. So he's still a part of the club. 
he sold the club to my friend and current owner, Jeff Renzulli, in 2013. You know, that's when, you know, we, we certainly made a few changes and, you know, felt like we've kind of modernized the club. And, you know, obviously we modernized our communication and our website and our app. And I, I came on in the beginning of 2018 and really just kind of basically you know, not certainly not patting myself on the back, but just ramped up the number of trips. I am the only full-time employee that the Friars have ever had. It was kind of a volunteer organization. And in the last two years, membership has grown 35%. Um, the number of trips, you know, I think in 2017, we did seven trips. In 2018, 2019, and 2020, we've had over 20 scheduled, and they're all sold out. So we're, we're getting more diverse. Wow. The trips are coming faster and and there's so far the, the demand is there. I could probably run more trips and the members would, you know, would want to go and consume them. So we're experiencing a lot of good things, but, you know, before uh, obviously the current pandemic that we're in at the moment, but uh, yeah, the attitude and the fervor for what we're doing within our membership is, is really positive. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Brian, I think he's uh, well warranted to be able to pat himself on the back of being a, a full-time person running a show like this. We've been we've been hearing more and more of these golf societies pop up around the country, which is pretty cool in its own right, just because of what they're doing and how they're doing it. John, as we start looking across the spectrum of who's out there in the marketplace, I mean, certainly Friars came up as being one of the top ones out there. So we wanted to make make sure we had had a nice dialogue with Don here because, you know, this is kind of a unique concept. A lot of people don't know about these types of things. And there's a great story to be told and some great experiences and great opportunities to be had. For, you know, there's some costs involved, but, uh, you know, nowhere near what a lot of trips might cost. And you get to meet a lot of great folks in the process. So yeah. uh, glad to have Don here and, and certainly talk a little bit more about it. Yeah. So, Don, what do you think the key is to your guys' success? Good question. I think I might phrase the question, what sells the Friars? What value does a member get out of, you know, or does a Friar get out of being a member or, you know, a new prospective person? You know, how would I phrase, you know, what we do? Sure. Fair enough. There's a lot of different, you know, avenues that they're, they can get value. So, and obviously the trips, we've got 15 to 20 trips that as opposed to, and you guys deal with this, you know, in great detail and have a lot of experience, but as opposed to gathering all their friends, making all the phone calls, making the reservations, herding the cats and doing a trip on their own, which of course, you know, we've all done and anybody can do, anybody can take a trip to Pinehurst or, or Pebble Beach. They know that all the details are going to be taken care of by us. They literally just have to look at the dates. Um, do they fit their schedule? Is this the destination they're interested in? They can also look and see what other friars are signed up for this trip or their people that they're interested in hanging out with click of a button on the app or the website there's an invoice for a deposit and that's it they're on the trip you know that's the easy uh, selling point but there's so much more it's the it's you know it's really about the connectivity they become a member of our club and they're able to access our database and meet people you know across the country fellow golf fanatics and connect with them by meeting them at trips or just by reaching out through our app, um, you know, or through me to, you know, connect with people and they're able to play each other's clubs, which is fantastic. Absolutely. Another part of our trip portfolio, you know, that we do is a lot of our members are proud of their own clubs and they, they host one day events at private, at private clubs. So being a member of the Friars might get you access, you know, over the past two years, it, it could get you access to places like Calusa Pines, Medina, Marion, 
Sleepy Hollow. You know, we've had one-day events at all those types of places. So those are places you can't walk in off the street and slap down $200 and go play, but you can by joining our club. So it's a neat, and then obviously the friendships you can make, you know, obviously, and of course the people value that, you know, you're, you're going on a trip and you end up just making three or four connections and people you stay in contact with throughout the year and their wives get together and they travel together and do, do things on their own. So, and we love to see that because that just creates more sales and, you know, and positive thoughts in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like a couple of different things in there about the easy button for going on a golf trip. If you don't want to deal with the hassles of planning it out there, golf trip junkies, you know, join one of these societies, join the Friars, and they take care of everything for you. And you get to see the world and go on these golf trips and have some amazing relationships and experiences that are hands down one of the best that you can ever have out there in, in joining a club like this. So, that's really great, Don, that you guys offer that. How many uh, golf trip leaders have kind of thrown up their arms or like, I'm done planning these things. I'm going to come over and join you. Have you got, Have you had a handful of those? I mean, I think everybody is a, has been a golf trip leader. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think most of our members are experienced golfers. They've, you know, they've played their whole lives or at least their whole adult lives and they're members that you know, a club in their local town and they've all got college buddies and friends at their club and they've all done that. Yeah. Everybody knows what kind of headache that is. So yeah, I do get, uh, I certainly get comments post trip, you know, somebody goes on a first trip and they're just like, you know, wow, I'll never do that again. (laughs) You know, this is, this is so easy, you know, and they're appreciative of what, you know, what we can offer and the experiences that we deliver. And you mean they'll never plan a trip again. They'll leave it in your hands and they'll do that again, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about some of those trips and things that you have planned for the group. Tell us a little bit about the nature of the trips you take. Most of the work is done a year to a year and a half in advance. So I'm mean, actually getting ready to roll out the 2021 schedule to the membership here in the next week or two. Um, but I mean, all that, you know, every single one of those trips is, you know, there's been a lot of work done behind them. I would say um, as far as the planning or the picking, you know, picking destinations, obviously we follow the sun. You guys know there's scolder seasons and there are off seasons where you can get some good rates. Right. I don't mess with that. I mean, because of the bucket list nature, what our members expect, we're going everywhere at peak season. So one of our few trips that we get better has become annual is Casa de Campo. And we start there in January and then, you know, we do a string of events in Florida in February, and then you know, we might go to the desert out west in, in March. So, you know, we, we typically follow the sun. And, you know, the frequency of the events is, you know, in the last two years has changed a lot. But it's basically every three to four weeks, there's something, you know, there's some sort of opportunity to participate. Oh, that's awesome. And they're all bucket list courses, but they're not all private courses, correct? You mix it up? That's correct. Yeah, I mean, I, my background, I come from a resort background and that's where most of my connections are. So, you know, we've done, we do business with the Greenbrier, Pebble Beach, Pinehurst. Uh, we had a trip to Doral, uh, you know, this February. Again, where we have to differentiate ourselves when we use resorts is, I mean, obviously the experience of a Friars trip is, is slightly different than what you could do on your own. But again, I have, you have to keep in mind that, you know, anybody can pick up the phone and book a trip to Doral. So, you know, yeah. we're trying to deliver, obviously, my relationships or having relationships, we're able to deliver, a dis- you know, some discounted rates when we deal with these places. But more importantly, we're trying to deliver 
different experiences that you know your typical buddy trip would not do. That's right. Our club championship was here in, at Pinehurst Resort in 2017, and we're actually going back next year for our club championship. And our opening reception that year was held at a private home off the third green of Pinehurst Number Two, and that home happened to be owned by is the Dornick Cottage and was owned and built by Donald Ross. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, we, that we is very a, cool. We had, we had a full bar, and you know, it was a, it was a beautiful night. Um, the gentleman that owned it at the time is a golf collector here in town and just incredibly knowledgeable guy. And he had some hickory putters and some period correct golf equipment. And, you know, people could kind of stroll out on the green on the third hole and, you know, mess and play around a little bit. And, and, you know, he addressed the crowd. He gave tours of the home. You know, that's unique. 1994, our first trip, first Friars trip was to Grand Cypress. The last year was our 25th anniversary at Grand Cypress in Orlando. So, you know, we wanted to recreate that. And nothing against Grand Cypress, but it was a destination that would, you know, probably be a, a B or C tier place to our members. But it ended up being fantastic. And, you know, what we did to kind of supplement it, first of all, the resort actually exceeded expectations and really was over the top in, you know, how they kind of celebrated us. And it ended up, in, in hindsight, it was fantastic. But we, uh, we were able to add a one-day event at Isleworth on the front end, which was Oh, that's spectacular, cool. you know, to be able to, to be able to play a club like that. And then we did a behind the scenes tour of the golf channel studios, you know, one night, which was so amazing. It was about an hour, hour and a half, but you know, we got into our Palmer studio and, you know, got to take pictures and meet some of the, you know, the on-air personalities. And it was cool. It was, it was very unique and just a fun event. So, but, you know, those are the types of things that we try to, surprise our members with and you know give them access to and they you know they appreciate it yeah for sure now you're touching on something brian and i have coined now called the hang what do you do on golf trips that uh you know when you're not golfing what do you do and what do you spend your time on what what have you guys found that people enjoy do you kind of mix it up or is there kind of a common theme that you try to do yeah i mean i think the easiest thing is you know, you're trying to find something local or something that has some some color that they can't do you know at home as far as a um, an evening event or a, you know opening reception it doesn't always have to be golf related but you know the trend that you're seeing with uh, you know with short courses and things like that that can be a great you know fun icebreaker but obviously that's golf related we had a our summer solstice trip to um, upstate New York last year we started in Cooperstown it was like a two-part trip we did two days in Cooperstown and two days up at Turning Stone. So Cooperstown was, you know, very historic and a beautiful town on this gorgeous lake. We stayed at a hotel there on the lake. And we, one of our members, his college roommate is the curator of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So we got a, you know, we got a behind-the-scenes tour of the Baseball Hall of Fame. People got to put on a glove that Roberto Clemente wore. And we did a poll of, you know, whose favorite, who was your favorite baseball team, all the people that came. And, and he was able to kind of pull some artifacts out from, you know, from each team. So, you know, there was some Reds fans there and he had Johnny Bench's face mask. And so it was, it was amazing. But the, our opening party was at a, uh, the Gang Brewery, which was, you know, out in, uh, up in the mountains. And it was just a beautiful setting, you know, and we had a, so we had like a, you know, an event there and like a beer tasting, which was, which was really fun. The longer the trip goes, if there's four or five, six days, you know, you talk about the hang, you want to let it breathe a little bit. Overscheduling can certainly be bad. People are 
they're spending their time and money and a lot of times bringing their spouses, you got to give them some downtime. You know, you can't, you're going to, we're going to play golf every day. That's what we're about. But you know, there's nothing wrong with a, with a free night. We try to have an opening reception and dinner and a closing dinner and you got to knock those out of the park. Cause that's what, that's really what people remember. And, you know, aside from the golf. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Brian, you're a pretty big baseball fan. How does that resonate with you? Well, I tell you what, given that opportunity on a trip like that with everybody there and having the option to to do that, I mean, you've given a couple of really good examples, Don, of very unique experiences that you would just not be able to take advantage of in a, a normal buddy golf trip. Um, that's fantastic. And again, you're just you're playing the uh, the law of averages with your membership and being able to take advantage of people that they know and and uh, being able to uh, offer things, again, that, that no other trip's going to really be able to do. That's great. That's, that's, the, that's the cool part is our membership is so diverse and kind of spread out. They come from different backgrounds, different business backgrounds, and they're happy to help and show off. So the more you get to know them, you know that this guy, he's an accountant from New Jersey, and you know maybe you don't know much about him, but as you keep talking to him, his cousin is the – commissioner of major league baseball or something like that. You know, I mean, that's, and that's a real story. So, you know, like that's cool. So, you know, you, you got to use those connections. Um, you know, we have a trip, um, unfortunately got canceled this year, but we're, we've got it rebooked and it's a pretty unique trip. It's not high end big name golf courses, but we're going to coastal Maine in the summer, which is, you know, a beautiful spot. So a couple nights in Kenny Bunkport and a couple nights in Prout's neck and, and our host in Kenny Bunkport, is a member by the name of Ned Muskie. And Ned's father was, uh, you know, a long-term U.S. senator from the state of Maine and the governor. The other, you know, the other political family from Maine would be, was Republican, and it's the Bush family. And his father, you know, ran for president as well. And you know, they're, they were kind of on the Democratic side. But they played golf, and they were great friends. And he was a, you know, the access that we're going to get, you know, through him, or just even the stories that we'll get to hear, as with him as the host, it's going to be unprecedented and it's going to be a lot of fun and something that, you know, your typical buddy trip probably would never think about Kenny Bunkport and Cape Arundel and, you know, some of the private clubs up there because A, they're not really open for the public and B, they're just, you know, they're not places that are in the pages of Golf Digest, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's, but it's going to be a spectacular trip and it's sold out this year and it'll sell out again next year. So awesome. that's the kind of thing we, you know, we try to deliver. That's really cool. So let's talk real quick about a perfect itinerary for your group. The domestic trips, the average length is three nights. Club championship is four nights. That's the exception. But it's, you know, normally over a weekend. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Perfect. Opening reception, Thursday night. Again, you know, try to pick a unique location. Obviously, outside is where you, you, know, you want to be outside. And you want to show off the destination. People always come in early. There's always early golf. Sometimes there's some private club golf somewhere in the area. So you know, we're always adding different experiences. Um, but then, you know, wherever we're staying, we're, you know, we're going to play Friday morning. We're going to play Saturday. And then the closing dinner is Saturday night. We get everybody together, celebrate the award winners, you know, give away awards, gag awards, have fun, you know, make fun of folks a little bit and just kind of wrap it up and you know, have a great meal. And then Sunday morning, we're playing golf, you know, before departure. So that's a fairly easy description. Some places like Bandon Dunes or Cabot or Sand Valley, places that are destination, you know, there's, there's nothing else to do but golf. That would attract members that are more 
hardcore, I guess, um, for lack of a better term. And those trips might are going to include 36 holes, and they're going to, you know, it's just golf, 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 and that's and that's great. But that's a, you know, that's a different section of our membership as opposed to, you know, some of these trips that are more about just having fun and relaxing and spending time with your friends. But, uh, you know, sure. like some of these other trips, we, we, we really do pour in, you know, we, we pack in a lot of golf. Yeah, no, those are great itinerary ideas and it gives us a great glimpse of what you guys do for your typical itineraries and, and how you handle it. So there you have it, Golf Trip Junkies. Now's a perfect time to book your perfect itinerary and maybe even join the Friars here. And Don, we're going to talk some more right when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Are you tired of the hassle of organizing your buddy golf trip? You know, hundreds of emails just to get everyone on the same page. At TripCaddy.com, our Golf Trip Manager app has everything you need to organize and manage a group golf trip. With just a few clicks, you can build a detailed itinerary, set your pairings, and share the information with your buddies. Imagine all of your golf trip info in one private location before, during, and after your trip. That's the Golf Trip Manager at TripCaddy.com. Use coupon code AWESOME25 and get 25% off your next trip on the Golf Trip Manager at TripCaddy.com. We're back. We're talking with Don Bostick. He's the executive director of the Friars Golf Club, which is a golf society. And and Don has been dropping some value bombs about what they're doing on their trip and the experience and the hang. They've been to so many different places. Don, we're just glad to be chatting with you today. And hey, as we were talking on our uh, break there, you were mentioning something about that weather stocking course happened to be one of the best lakeside courses. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was back at the Cooperstown trip. We talked a little bit about, obviously, the Baseball Hall of Fame, but the golf course we played was absolutely spectacular. I think it was built in 1909. Uh, Devereaux Emmett was a designer. If you're a golf architecture nerd, uh, I think you know, he did Congressional, and uh, he's got a list of other great courses as well, but kind of golden age architect. I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful setting on this really pristine lake up in New York and, you know, classic architecture, really playable, had four or five holes on the other side of the street that were, had some really crazy elevation, just an interesting course and, uh, you know, open to the public, but had really had a kind of a private club feel because it's, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere and it's we're right in the middle of a small community, I should say. Yeah. Um, and it, it was like a, it was like a $90 golf course. You couldn't find a better value. Yeah. If anyone is ever, in, if you ever go up there to experience the baseball hall of fame in the summer, which is a great thing to do, you got to bring your sticks with you. Oh, that's awesome. Brian, sometimes you find a little hidden gem like that on some of these golf trips as we talk to people and as we see them being booked. This one is one that I haven't heard of, and this sounds like an absolute blast. What a great opportunity though. You're exactly right. Be able to, uh, Take in a place like this. I mean, I, I just had a chance to look at uh, at this over the break at, at uh, the course that uh, Don was speaking of, and boy, what what a fantastic venue for a little getaway, to say the least. Cool. So we wanted to call that out a little bit, um, but Don, as as we continue here, uh, you know, what do you guys do for competition games? You like to play any wagering structure of some of your golfing events? Do you do anything like that on your golf trips? Definitely. Um, I would say that obviously it's, it's a very important part of the trip. I mean, every trip has to have some sort of game. You know, some of our trips we kind of designate as majors, uh, you know, one being the club championship. That's really our most formal competition. What I would tell you is the competition is tertiary at best. You know, it's a, a it's first, it's about the golf. Second, it's about camaraderie. 
if the competition took a higher ranking amongst our memberships, then that could breed the bad thing. You know, oh, I can't believe that guy, you know, gave that guy a putt. We don't want that. You know, we don't, we don't want it to be too serious. Uh, we play by our own rules, and we're and we're a non-apologetic in that. Gimmies are good, but you got to know what a gimme is. You know, your your opponents have to give it to you. We play. There's no out of bounds. Everything we play. Everything is a lateral hazard. You get two balls off the first, but if you hit a second ball, you got to play it. And those are really, again, you know, like we only have one rule in the club. As far as the rules of playing golf, we really only have three rules that are that are different. So we try to keep it simple. As far as the competition goes, you know, what makes it unique is being open to any and everybody. We've got, you know, I think our oldest member is 86 years old. Our youngest member is 19. We've got touring professionals that are members that are plus four handicaps. We've got beginning golfers that are 28 handicaps. <laughs> so gotcha. the point of the, uh, comp- of the competitions and the event is not to figure out who the best golfer is, because frankly, we don't give a damn. We already know who that is, you know. Yeah. And that guy, and he doesn't care. He and he he doesn't care either. Now he might take personal pride in how he plays his game, and that might be important to him. And that's great. You know, we want to give him the opportunity to celebrate that and play a great golf course and play the ball down and get satisfaction out of that. But in the scheme of our game, we don't give a shit. <laughs> so, right. So, you know, but mostly the games are they're kind of team games. If there's four people on a team, we're counting the two best scores. So. We're trying to encourage, you know, anything over a bogey, a net bogey doesn't matter. You know, pick it up. You know, we're obviously we're, the speed is important. Um, you know, some of that is outside of our control if we're at a busy resort. But, you know, a lot of it is within our control. And if, if we try to keep it loose, again, we're not looking for golf balls. We're not. Re, we're never going to go back and re-tee. I think that's the worst rule in all of golf. Yeah, uh, and if anything over a net, anything over a net bogey doesn't matter, then you know we, we're trying to we're trying to move things along. So Stableford scoring is 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 an easy way to do things. So you know the high handicap, if he or she has a good a good day, means they have seven, eight, nine, quote unquote, good holes. You know where they're they're putting a point on the board, whether that's a, a net par, you know that's worth one point, or they make a par on a hole and they're getting two pops. You know that that's great, good for them. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what we're trying to sell. Really. Yeah, so I I like how you say all that. Just just the fact that you're downplaying the competition because you know Brian, as as we look at a lot of country clubs, are really about you know who's carrying the trophy for the country club uh, versus this. This is about the experience, and this is what we love at the Golf Trip Authority podcast. You know, just talking about these experiences of the Buddy Golf Trip and meeting new people, the hang, all of this stuff, and and de-emphasizing the scoring, really emphasizes the other side of the game, which is just that camaraderie that you're talking about. So that sounds pretty cool. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I will say, I will say that, you know, the scoring is done correctly I and mean, it's done according to USGA rules and we sure. have everybody's handicaps and we, we adjust them to what tees they're playing. So, and that's, that's frankly, that's not my background. Uh, I'm a, my background sales. That's been a learning experience, but we've got guys within the club that, that are, you know, serious about that. And they, and they've helped me, which is great. But, you know, again, we've got people that another part of the rule is you play any tee you want. We don't want, we don't want a gentleman that's again, traveled across the country with his, you know, with his wife and he's here for the first time. And well, we're all going to play from 6,700 yards because that's what we do. And he feels intimidated or his, his round isn't as enjoyable. We can't allow that. So if he wants to play from 5,800 yards, then we adjust his strokes, and that's fine, and that's great. So yep. that's, so we you know we have to we have to we have to take into account that 
you know, the one event that's more traditional is a club championship. And even that is a little different, but, you know, it's a flighted club championship. Last year, I think we had 64 players. So flights of four by handicap. It was a three round event based on Stableford scoring. So you were able to see where you stood within your flight and you played with everybody in your flight on the final day. So you can kind of, you know, look that guy in the eye and see, you know, whether you can track him down and who wins. Every flight winner goes into a just goes into a shootout. We were at Aaron Hills last year. I think it's the ninth hole. Is that just really nasty little par three that is impossible? So we brought everybody back. All the flight winners went back to the tee, and then we had a few wild cards. So I think we had like six. We had, I don't know, maybe twenty people that went. And depending on you know their age or sex, they played different tees. But you had to make a, the first round. You had to make a par, which eliminated you know. Uh, most of them and then we had four guys left and you know then they they went back and played it again so it was a you know, it's a crap sheet you know but obviously the the guy that won stepped up and made a six footer for par and uh and closed it out and he was he was our champion last you know that year so does that mean that he shot three rounds of 71 no but he won right <laughs> he, right he stepped up and he, <laughs> he gets the friars smock and he gets to, he's our champion for the year and you know he gets to, he's going to be there next this year in french lick bestow the robe on the new champ so of you know course. that's kind of how we do it oh that's cool that's cool so you guys have been planning a lot of different golf trips and just from brian and i's perspective of how we accommodate golfers who are planning golf trips through trip caddy and all of that we know it's hard uh, we want to di- kind of dig in. What have you learned in the process? Tell us a little bit about the good, the bad, the ugly, and planning big golf trips like this and anything that you may have learned along the way. That's a vast question. <laughs> sure. Certainly dig in. <laughs> I think, you know, you know a little bit about my background. I mean, I was uh, in sales at, you know, high-end golf resorts. I worked at Pinehurst. I worked at the Greenbrier, Sawgrass Marriott. So I understand, you know, the process, you know, as far as what questions you need to ask or who you need to work with to get, you know, certain things done. You know, what I would tell you is, uh, you know, working with a resort, you know, nine times out of 10 is, is pretty easy for me. You know, the less number of contacts you have, obviously the easier some, but some resorts make things easier than others. The more streamlined they make the process, the easier it is on the, on the customer meaning you don't have to talk to the director of recreation to, to, you know, to get this question answered, or you don't have to talk to the reservation person to get this question answered. If, you, if you're working with the correct person, whether that's somebody high up on the food chain or not, but somebody that can give you answers that, because it's not just tea times and rooms, you know, it's, there's more that goes into the process of, of picking a destination. You want to be hundred percent confident that, the operation is going to be run smoothly, you know, from check-in to check-out to trans- on-site transportation. You know, I was on the other side of the table, but now as a customer, you see, I guess, pet peeves, or you pick up on things that might rub you the wrong way. And, you know, you're, you're simply, you might, I might reach out to a resort that I don't have a contact with, or so I'm just totally cold. And, you know, here's this piece of business that, you know, it's going to be three nights and we're expecting 40 people. And, you know, you're kind of offering them a chance to take your money <laughs> and yeah, they don't right. call you back for two to two or three days, you know. But you know, I, was, I was surprised at how much there is, you know, how, how many times I've seen that, frankly. And, that, yeah. you know, that's kind of off-putting. So, you know, that, and that's, that's, that's sales 101. But, uh, you know, the guy that responds first and that poor gal that responds first and is, the most responsive and most knowledgeable 
you know, a lot of times that's, that's who you're going to want to work with. Uh, you know, I think you, one, of, one of the other parts of that question, I think, was like, how do we pick a destination? You know, and frankly, you know, a lot of it comes from me, but the best way to do it, and, and we're starting to have some more, you know, collaboration amongst the members. We have a board of directors now, and we have, you know, influential members that are going on five, six, seven trips. And their feedback is important. So if they tell me about a place they're dying to go or, you know, a past Friars trip, that was a great experience, you know, getting firsthand information or even firsthand, you know, recommendations from my members, uh, you know, it makes you feel better about pulling the trigger on a, on a decision for a trip if you already have people that are vested in it. Or even, you know, even if, for you sure. have, even if you have a small group of three, four or five couples that, you know, that quote unquote, it's already kind of pre-sold, they're going, you know, they want to go to Hawaii or they want to go to the Broadmoor. Well, then, you know, you know that, you know, that trip, you feel better about putting that trip together. So that helps. So, you know, the, yeah. more, the more interaction I have with my members, you know, whether it's through our newsletter, through email, through Instagram, the better. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So you've been on some pretty amazing golf trips. Uh, Brian and I are, are hugely invested in understanding the actual feedback that, you know, from the boots on the ground or the people who have played, who have visited these destinations. We're, we're highly motivated to understand the feedback as we do on our platform. How do you guys collect feedback from the trip and the experience so that you can improve your society and your, and your club as you go through some of these trips? Uh, that's a great question. I think that we're still throwing things against the wall, seeing what sticks in that regard. I mean, the best way is just, you know, word of mouth or organic or just, you know, seeing the response from members that, you know, they go on a trip and they find, you know, that when they get back, we, we notice when a trip ends, meaning, you know, you've got 20 or 30, 40 people that are together for three or four days and that like that three or four days when you get back home, you know, there's a lot of chatter back and forth. You know, we, we have on our app, every member can post, you know, the pictures, pictures that they took. So we see a lot of that, you know, interaction. And then when they, you know, obviously they're posting things on their Facebook page and, you know, we, we pick that up and put it, you know, put it on our Facebook page, yada, yada, yada. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of information moving around at that time. And that's the most fertile time for trip signups because it's fresh on their mind and they're like, wow, that was great. You know, now I met Bill and Katie and they said they're going to the Greenbrier next year for a Friars trip. I hadn't even looked at that, but we want to go now. So, you know, we see a lot of signups then. So obviously that's, that's not a direct survey, but that's a good, you know, indication of how successful the trip was. We have done surveys in the past, um, and it's certainly important to compile that data, but I, I think we can always be better. Yeah, you want to know. The more you want to know the information, you want to know what people are thinking, because sometimes the quiet ones, the people that don't say anything, may, may have had a, a real issue or a real thought that can be constructed. Right. So, you know, you want to get, you want to get that as best you can. I think that's a huge testament also to you know, the kind of organization you guys are is that you're dialed in and, and you get a lot of those human interactions back and forth. You may not need to send out a survey because you're talking to so many people. Everybody's pretty engaged in the society. And I think that's a, I, I think that's a testament to how you guys run things over there, that people just continually want to make it better. And that experience is so important to them. I, I think that's pretty cool. As we move forward here, gosh, I think as we're trying to draw members into the Friars Club, you know, golf trip junkies out there, if you're listening, this is an awesome club, as you've been hearing Don talk about this. And I think he'd like to offer you something. Don, what is that? And, and how do they get it? 
Sure. You know, obviously we're always looking for new members to come join our uh, band of misfits and golf junkies. So, you know, anybody that listens to this and is interested, you go to our website, thefriars.com, click on membership information. Our application is is right there. It's pretty simple. You know, we try to make it easy. Uh, And all you have to do on the application is mention the Golf Trip Authority podcast. Our initiation fee is $750. We'll offer a $250 trip credit. Anybody that signs up, you know, from this show, you know, essentially making the initiation fee $500 and, and hopefully pushing you toward jump, jumping on a trip, which is what we want. So Don, that's really gracious of you guys. Thank you for offering that to our golf trip junkies out there. So as we look to close here, what's a key takeaway that you want people to know about the Friars Club? Just that, you know, the world of golf is a beautiful thing. You know, it's, it's a golf in general is something that we all love you can play for the rest of your life. As you move through your golf experience, it's about the people you meet. And the golf world is really small, and most people want to help you along your golf journey, meaning not necessarily just to help you get better at golf, but you know, help you experience the great things that they love about the game, whether it's a, you know, a certain golf course or access to you know, a, a trip. So that's really what we do. I, I think we make the world of golf smaller. If you're interested in the best experiences and making the rest of your golf life the best it can be, this is a simple investment. I know $750 initiation and $150 annual dues, and you're a member of a club that you don't have to feel uncomfortable in. It's not about stuffiness. It's just about fun. You can participate as much as you want. If you want to go on five trips a year with us, well, that's a certain, that's a, that's a real investment, but if you want to go on one trip every two years, that's great too. You know, and if, if you make friends through our club and, and you're able to connect with them outside of our event, that's fantastic. So we're really just trying to make your golf life even better. I think that's what we do. Yeah, I love that. Hey, Brian, we talk a lot about that. It's about what the game of golf does for the experience of hanging out with people. It's not about what this experience and golf travel, what it does for the game of golf. We, we, we always think about it in terms of that experience. And I think he's hitting, Don here is hitting at home as far as the experience of what they're trying to build with their, with their club and it's working and it's pretty awesome. Brian, any final words from your side? Don, I just thank you for, for your time today. I think you confirmed a lot of what John and I were thinking about uh, coming into this, and that is that, you know, this is a very unique golf club that you have in place, and there's there's a lot to, to be offered. It is different than your, your typical buddy golf trip, but certainly it is a, it's a different view into to the golf trip uh, experience overall. So thanks for your insights today. Really do appreciate it, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. Thanks, fellas. That was a lot of fun. Looking forward to uh, meeting you guys in person. Yeah, for sure. So, Don, uh, how do we connect with you? You'd mentioned a little bit about the website. Let's repeat that because we're going to put all that stuff up on the show notes. How do we connect with you? And then uh, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Uh, the website is thefriars.com. And you can connect with me. You know, my email address is don at thefriars.com. But really, you know, through Instagram, at Friars Golf Club. We've got little over 5,100 followers. And it's the story of the Friars through my perspective. <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's pictures of events, but it's also stuff I'm doing that's golf related here in Pinehurst. And, you know, anybody that wants to direct message me or ask me any questions about the club, you're, you're talking directly with me and I'm happy to interact. It's a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. And that says a lot about you as a guy. Can't wait to meet you, Don, in person and play some golf and have quite a few laughs. I look forward to that. And Don, thanks for taking the time on the show today. We really appreciate it. You're welcome, guys. Thanks, Don. We'll look forward to talking soon.
Golf Trip Junkies, you've been hanging out with Don Bostic at the Friars Club. I hope you've enjoyed our golf trip goodness for the day. I'm John, and our show caddy, Brian, are here at the Golf Trip Authority, and we're reminding you, don't just show up, show up prepared. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to leave us a comment about this episode and any of the others, and connect with us by signing up for our newsletter on our website at thegolftripauthority.com, which is also linked at tripcaddy.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again to Shipsticks and all of you Golf Trip Junkies for your support. Talk to you soon.